What's up, hockey and sports fans? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Drop a Puck Podcast. The latest news and information around the NHL with your hosts, Justin Starr and Pedro Rodriguez. Welcome to episode number 26 of the Drop the Puck Podcast. My name is Justin, as always, alongside me, Pedro. Pedro. What's going on, guys? All right, so we have a big episode. Uh, we're going to bring in a brand new segment later on in the show. Uh, we've partnered up with one of my you know, best friends. Uh, they started a fitness company, but that's all you're going to get right now. You will get the le- uh, rest later. Um, let's just get right into it. Let's drop the puck. So we want to start off with Willie O'Ree. He, um, 60th anniversary of his NHL debut. He was the first black player in league, uh, and he just continues to preach out the message of inclusion in hockey. He actually dropped out the uh, the, the first puck, uh, I believe it was last night, again, uh, in, during the um, Bruins-Canadians uh, game, correct? Yes. Um, so, just a great, we just wanted to touch up on it. Um, great story. Um you know, I'm um, just reading here that he has a Willie O'Ree brink. It's located close to the Bruins practice facility. It opened. Uh, it will open in the summer of 2018. Uh, it was aided by a hundred thousand dollar contribution from the NHL. That's you know, I mean, I never really got to watch much of Willie O'Ree. I never got to see m- much of his highlights. Uh, I don't know if you have Pedro. Uh, no, but I heard he was one heck of a hockey player. Um, he actually played baseball when he was a kid. And uh, I didn't know he that actually, uh, he met Jackie Robinson, and I bet everyone knows who Jackie Robinson is. Mm-hmm. And uh, he met him back in 1940, I want to say 1949, he met Jackie Robinson in New York. And uh, he actually told Robinson that he was a hockey player as well. And then back in 1962, he met Robinson again, and Robinson actually remembered Willie O'Ree. Really? So, yeah, he actually remembered him. And uh, it was kind of interesting to hear about that. He was on the NHL Network talking about it, and... Uh, yeah, it was. Speaking you know, of NHL the, Network, uh, you keep getting teased by uh, yeah, Kevin Weeks. It's kind of yeah. He likes my tweets, and I mentioned him, and he's and I mentioned him to come on the podcast. He just likes them. No response. <laughs> he just likes them. So anyway, uh, <laughs> it's messed up. Anyway, it's um, messed up. Yeah, and then you know um, now now you got a few um, black hockey players in the league. You got PK Subban. You have Malcolm Subban. Uh, you have Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons. There's Devontae also Smith Pelly. Yep. Uh, um, who's that guy that plays for the Caps? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm Joel blanking. Ward. Joel Ward. He yep, plays for San Jose. Plays for San Jose. Um, yeah. I mean, he you know he broke the barrier for he did for black players in the NHL, and now you know it gives them an opportunity for equality. And sorry to any players that we keep didn't this on. Name. Yeah, <laughs> it was that was totally off the top of the head. Yeah, uh, but now we're gonna get into you know our first the first real topic that we have written down. It is uh, trade rumors with Max Pacioretty. Um, do you think his value has moved? Do you think it's increased? Because have heard that some players' value or what uh, some teams are looking for some players has increased. We will get into that crazy one later. Um, what do you think about Max Pacioretty? Look, he's been hot recently. I believe he has five points in five games or four goals. and He has four goals in five games. Um, look, I mean, Montreal is spiraling right now. Um, they lost again last mm-hmm. night 4-1 to Boston. Um, you know, it's time for a change. So I don't know what Mark Bergevin has up his sleeve. I don't know what Montreal has up their sleeve. But 
you know, it's it falls on the captain, especially in Montreal. Montreal is a big hockey hockey market. It's the capital of hockey, so it, it sucks that they always blame the captain. Uh, yeah, I think the captains get a uh, a pretty shitty. Um, but you know, that's that also you know you know it, it comes with it. It right. comes with the territory. Um, but you know, he's they're they're shopping him. Um, he's 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 in the market, but uh. What they want as it's it's hard to think about. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna want a lot for a guy like Max Petrad. I mean, this guy could score thirty goals on your team. He's just what just do you not think about them seeing him as a support player? Is that what he is? Is he a support player? Because I, I, I you no, know I I think he's, he's one of your premier goal scorers. But again, it's just not his year. I I don't think he's a good fit for Claude Julien's system. Um, I don't think he fits well in Montreal right now. Um, I feel like it's kind of like a, uh, remember when, like with Sacco Koivu, like, you know, just a long, like he's been, he's been a Canadian his whole career. Correct. And now it's just, it's time. It's time for him to right. move on and just, you know, he'll get a tribute next season from the Canadians in his first game back in, you know, the bell, the bell center and whatnot. It's just, I think he's moved at the deadline. You know, we'll see. He's definitely trade bait. No doubt about it, but it's just gonna be interesting what Mark Bergevin wants for a guy like that. I mean, uh, you know, he struggled this year. Um, he's getting a little hot now, um, so maybe his value did increase just a little bit. But he, again, like I said before, he doesn't play well under Claude Julien. He doesn't fit well in this system. Uh, Claude Julien's more of a defensive guy, so I feel like it takes away from him. I mean, you know, you have Jonathan Duran, which I haven't heard a lot from him in recent games mm-hmm. or during this season. Um, Another guy who's hot in Montreal is Alex Galchenyuk, who's yep. probably going to be moved as well. Uh, we said over the offseason that I definitely want a Galchenyuk. Yeah. If, I definitely want him as a Ranger. You know, so, I mean, Max Pacioretty, who's also, like, he's a Connecticut guy. He grew up a Ranger fan, so maybe another homecoming there. But, you know, him, Alex Galchenyuk, is going to be on the move. Ranger fans. Yeah, that's not good, because <laughs> Kevin Shattenkirk hasn't been playing well. That's... So Very we'll true. see what happens with him. But regarding the Rangers, um, there also have been rumors of players like Ryan McDonough being moved. Um, but I don't see that. That was a nice little segue. You like that, right? That was that was a nice little segue. Like that, right right? I was ready to go in, and you went right into it. I, I was all right. You, uh, you, man. <laughs> that was great. Uh, so yeah, Ryan McDonough, who's been on the trade trade rumors recently. I don't see it happening, according to Bob McKenzie of TSN. He was also on NBCSN talking last night. Um, but players like Matt Zuccarello, who only has a year left in his contract, could be moved. Um, and then you have your UFAs like Michael Grabner, who scored his twentieth goal last se- last game against mm-hmm. the um, who they play? I don't remember who they play. The Philadelphia the Phil- Flyers. Yeah, we won five one. And Rick Nash, who also scored two goals. So it's be interesting to see what the Rangers do with that. I would think they would keep Michael Grabner, who's scored twenty goals over the past two seasons. I, I you know, I actually think I gotta disagree with you. If there is any player that they're willing to get the maximum potential out of a trade right now, I think Grabner's potential and you know what they can get for him has ne- his value has never been higher. Right, but y- you have to think like uh, players that get he's traded affordable. He's play, affordable. Right, players that get traded at the deadline, you're you're not gonna get a roster player for. So I rather keep my twenty goal scorer. Going into the playoffs, if they even make the playoffs, um, keep him because he's your leading goal scorer on the team. Yes, he is. I he mean, is. I'd rather trade a guy, which I hate to say because I love Rick Nash, but I'd rather trade him, get picks for him, 
because you're not getting any roster players. Do you think At the Rick deadline, Nash's it's value, very rare to get roster players. Do you think Rick Nash's value is higher than Michael Grabner's right now? His contract is. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, you got that right. Uh, his value right now, I, I mean, look, you have to look at the overall play. Uh, Rick Nash does everything. He He's plays a 200-foot game. Yep. Uh, he can kill penalties. Um, he can score sometimes, um, but you know he's he's an all-around player. He's a complete player, um, but he's not worth seven point eight. And if the rate, the Rangers are going to have to eat some salary if mm-hmm. they trade him, they, at least half. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but it's interesting to see Matt Zuccarello's name on there. Oh, I hate seeing Zuccarello's um, name mentioned in anything, any sort of trade bait. I yeah, hate it. so it'll be interesting to see. You know, another team going back to Canada is Ottawa. Talk about a 360. Um, coming off one goal away from winning the Stanley, from going to the Stanley Cup final against the Pittsburgh Penguins, only being beat by uh, was it Chris Kunitz? Probably. Another former Ranger, Derek Broussard, who could be on the move. But then, yeah, but talks have I... been with Columbus that he could return to Columbus. Um, he would love to go back to Columbus. He said that. Yes. Really. Uh, he would. Lo- of course, he had a good time in Columbus. We'll see what happens with that, but. Listen, he could be a second second line player at best. I don't think he's a top centerman anymore. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see what what goes on in Ottawa. But another names uh, other names you hear is Eric Carlson, who has another mm-hmm. year left on his yep. deal. Um, players out at West like Drew Doughty, who also has another year left, who's gonna get twelve million dollars a year. It's already it's already known, but which team is willing to pay that? Um, so you know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, those two players I see happening more in the offseason, uh, maybe in the summertime. If anything moves on, I don't see the deadline coming up. But a guy like Derek Broussard or Cody Ceci is another guy who I see being moved. Or Mike Hoffman, who's... Uh, Mark Stone. I, 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 dude, I, I honestly, I think with Ottawa, anyone's on the table right now. I, if I they agree. can get value for whoever, it's they're, they're I agree, but I guarantee I am 90% sure Mike Hoffman will not be an Ottawa senator by the trade deadline. I'm 90% positive. Really? Yes. Interesting. I, I know he'll be gone. Um, Interesting. Again, another two-way guy who can score goals. And you Edmonton, know who will still be there? Edmonton needs help. You know who will still be in Ottawa? Dion Phaneuf. Yeah, what a guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, another team that we actually mentioned last week uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, which we will get into later, uh, with Zach, uh, they I they told did you. make a trade. They did acquire Anthony Duclair. Yes, the yes they did get Anthony Duclair um, for Richard Panic. Yes, you know that's kind of interesting deal. I can't wait for Anthony Duclair to just go off now that he's a Chicago Blackhawk. Yeah, listen, he's been playing pretty well. I know. He, flying, his first game, he had, a, he had a wing. yeah, he had an assist on the game-winning goal in his first game uh, as a Blackhawk. But we said it last week. Goaltending is going to be the do-or-die situation for the Chicago Blackhawks this uh, season. I'm not going to dive into Corey Crawford now. We will dive into him later with Zach. But they need a goalie. I'm sorry. Jeff Glass is not leading you through the playoffs. I'm sorry. And, and, if they and, even make it. And Forsberg, I think. Yep. I forget his first name. Anton. Anton Forsberg and Jeff Glass. I'm sorry. They're, they're not going to give you a playoff run. Well, and now they're going to need to find a potential goaltender. And there's two good ones in Detroit. There are. Peter Morazic and Jimmy Howard. So, look, I mean, uh, if, if it's the right move, go for it. Um, also, you have Robin Leonard in Buffalo, who, who's an, a UFA after this year, um, who also hasn't got off to a hot start. He's playing pretty well. Yes. Um, but still struggling. Um, Ronta. 
No, I don't. Yeah, you can't move Ronta. You never know. I don't think he'll be. I don't think he'll be available. I mean, he's the top goaltender there. Um, you never I'm, know. Uh, him going back to to the Blackhawks where it all started, I can see it happening. It's a little three sixty. Like uh, but I, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think that will occur. With Paul Martin of the San Jose Sharks, who actually just got sent down to the minors, and uh, I, I like him because he's willing to play in the AHL to improve his trade interest. And teams actually have called about Paul Martin, who is a proven defenseman in the league, but has been struggling this year under Pete DeBoer. He is making a, a decent salary, uh, $4.85 million cap hit through next season. Uh, I, I, I like Paul Martin. I honestly, I don't know. He played Our, well. He played well in New Jersey. Uh, he played well in his first two seasons in San Jose, but after that, he just shut down. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I wouldn't have him on my team. I don't think. I wouldn't think the Rangers would need another guy like that. You wouldn't another want guy, like Paul Martin, over like a Nick Holden or a Steve Camfer. Well, another guy that's available is a guy in Detroit, Mister Mike Green. Mike Green. I mean, there's been links that he could go back to Washington. I, yep, heard that. Uh, you know, having him back in Washington would be so. You know, having another right-handed shot on that power play would be lethal, and uh, hopefully they can get past the second round of the playoffs. So that is going to be, unless you know any more um, trade rumors. Uh, Jack Johnson, I think we mentioned it last week. He I, requested a trade. Uh, he came out. I think he went public with it. And he he acknowledged it. He did, and uh, you know. I can't pronounce his name. I, I'm going to struggle with the GM of uh, Columbus, Yaro Kekalainen. I think that's his name. Sounds pretty good to me, dude. So uh, sounds pretty damn good. Yeah, to me. he. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do with moving Jack Johnson. I mean, he's a good defenseman. He is. Uh, so he's big. He's got size. He's uh, a nice veteran presence. Veteran presence in the locker room. It would be interesting to see. It would be interesting to see what uh, Yaro Kekalainen wants to wants to get for him, but uh, I I don't see a team. All right. I, now, how much would you give a guy like that? I what dude, would you give up for a guy like Jack Johnson? I, I, I would give still, him. I don't know. I would give him Nick Holden or Steve Camfer, but that's just on my mind right now. That's it. Yeah. The I, guy wants, dude. The guy wants out of Columbus. You know, I don't think the that Rangers doesn't are, really help trade value. I, I don't much. think the Rangers are buyers. I, I don't see the Rangers as buyers this year. I think they I think they sell. You know, their Let's farm see. team is trash. Let, let's face it. Harford is trash. I They're bad. I, I want to say this. I think next week's road trip to, you know, the Pacific, I think that's going to – how they do next week is going to hinder a lot on whether we're buyers you or know, sellers. You know, we'll talk about this later about Kreider, but that's a big loss. I mean, yeah, having yeah. him – in front of the net on the power play, even though JT Miller did tip one in against the Flyers the other night, but his his body mass is just huge for that. You know, his speed uh, it's it's a big loss for the Rangers. But you know, I I don't see at the deadline. They need picks. Uh, I heard Leas Anderson is available to come to Harvard after his. I did hear that as well. His sh- uh, soldier. Oh my god shoulder injury his rehab yeah so you know we'll see what happens and maybe you know we see Heathel and anderson back with the rangers this season i don't know we'll see uh let's move on to the next topic all right so last week we had our 
we had our um, our all star teams. Um, they were they you know the captains were announced, the coaches were announced. Now we got the teams. Um, so we had the projected lineups, and now we have the actual lineups. Um, we're just gonna run through it. Uh, we're gonna start off in the Atlantic. Uh, I'm gonna clear my throat. So Pedro, do you want to start with the Atlantic? Yeah, the division? Atlantic division. Uh, we have Alexander Barkov from the Fla- uh, from wow. the Florida Panthers. Jack Eichel from the Buffalo Sabers. Nikita Kucherov, no shock there from Tampa. Brad Martian from the Boston Bruins. Austin Matthews, his second All Star appearance with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Steven Stamkos, the captain, his fifth. Mike Green of the Detroit Red Wings, his second. Victor Hedman, who is injured and will not make the All Star, uh, the All Star team since his three to six week injury. Uh, we have Eric Carlson of the Ottawa Senators. Carey Price making his sixth All Star appearance. I still don't understand the Carey Price love fest, but we'll get to that. <laughs> And Andre Vasilevsky, who is making his first appearance at head coach John Cooper. Uh, we will move on to the Metro. Um, Josh Bailey, his first uh, all-star appearance. I, I I agree. I think Bailey, you know, deserves one. He is they hurt right snubbed. now. He is. He is hurt. Anders Lee should be on that list. I, I agree. Uh, Sidney Crosby. Uh, should Claude not Giroux, be on that list. Taylor Hall. Alexander Ovechkin. John Tavares. Noah Hannafin. I, I think obviously they need one representative from, from each, each team. team. Uh, I think that's the only reason why Hannafin's on that line. Now. <laughs> uh, Seth Jones, uh, Chris Letang, Braden Holby, and Henrik Lundqvist with head coach Barry Trotz. Uh, let's move on to the Central. The Central Division. We have Patrick Kane making his seventh appearance that's in the All Star game. Nathan McKinnon making his second. Braden Shen of the St. Louis Blues making his first appearance. Tyler Sagan. Eric Stahl, the Minnesota Wilds. We got Blake Wheeler. John Klinberg making his first appearance. Alex Petrangelo as well from the St. Louis Blues making his first appearance. P.K. Subban, the captain, making his third. Connor Hellebuck, your guy. Love him. From the Winnipeg Jets making his first appearance. Pekka Rene, head coach, Peter Laviolette. Uh, and with the Pacific, we have first-time rookie sensation Brock Besser uh, from the Vancouver Canucks. We have Johnny Hockey uh, doing his fourth All-Star game. Anze Kopitar. Uh, Connor McDavid, James Neal, Ricard Raquel, who's having a wow. tremendous season. Uh, Brett Burns, Drew Doughty, Oliver ekman Larson, Mark Andre Fleury, and Jonathan Quick with head coach Gerard Gallant. Uh, I think the Pacific is going to win this. It's just off no, no, the. No, no, no. I, it's just off the top of my head. I I I don't know. The Metro. You think? Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> but um, let's go into some snubs. So who got snubbed? Who doesn't deserve to be on these teams? Uh, let's start off with the Atlantic. I don't know if you have any any snubbed people in mind. Um, Do you think anyone else from Mon- – the reason why Carey Price is there is because no one else from Montreal has really performed. I agree. That's the only reason why Carey Price is there. I agree. But, so uh, I don't think Carey Price deserves it. Obviously, his team is – in a down season, I don't know why they would, you know, that's... Just... I agree with every single one of them. Uh, I don't think anyone replaced Victor Hedman yet. I know he's out three to six weeks, so he'll miss the All-Star game. With just a lower body injury. We'll get into that later. Um, but I, I agree with the with the Atlantic for right now. All right, now. the Metro. Anders Lee, think? man. I think Anders Lee should have made this All-Star team. He has 26 goals. No, I agree. Uh, he should have made the team. What do you think? Do you think Henrik should be the one representing the Rangers? Who else would? This team sucks. I, I, dude, Michael Grabner is having a no. career year. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought Grabner was getting snubbed. Look, you know, 
you wouldn't be where you are right now without Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, he's putting on Vezina numbers right now. I mean, he should be a Vezina candidate right now. That's how good he's been. So I agree, I, I, if... I agree with, with, with him being represented because Ryan McDonough is not having the best year. Nope. Kevin Shattenkirk is shit in the bed. Yep. Uh, Nash, obviously not. Okay, you. I, I guess you have a little bit of an argument with Grabner, but Zuccarello again, not not really. Pavel Buchnevich, who I, I'm not getting into this right now. Uh, so yeah, I I, I think luck was no Nick Holden, no Steve Camper, no. What about Brandon Smith? We you know we just signed him to a lovely extension. That's another guy who I think has just been snubbed by the. I'm not getting into this right now. Uh, all right, so let's move on to the uh, Central Division. Uh, you know. I love seeing Blake Wheeler in there. Your boy, Mark Shifley. He, he, if he wasn't hurt, he would be on that list. Yeah, that's no, no doubt a snub. That's a snubber. <laughs> uh, I'm shocked I haven't seen Patrick Line on there as well. Um, interesting that he's not in the All Star game. But Blake Wheeler, no doubt about it, deserves it. Mm-hmm. Um, as 100%. well as Connor Connor Hellebuck from the. Are you shocked the to not Jets. see Jonathan Taze? No. 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 Interesting. Look, I mean, uh, he's a great player, but not having the best of years. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks aren't have having the best of years. True, true. So uh, Pacific Division, uh, love seeing Brock Besser in there. Love seeing him in there. The kid's a stud. Uh, I really can't argue with anyone on this lineup. Maybe you can argue for Ryan Getzlaff. You know, I'm going to argue for Dustin Brown. Really? Yeah, um, I think Dustin Brown is having a heck of a year. But I guess, you know... They picked Andre Kopitar over him, so everyone has to be represented. So there's three LA Kings, I believe, right? Yeah, Kopitar, Dowdy, and Quick. Yep. Yeah. So and then there's Gallant, obviously the head coach for Vegas. Flurry. Um, you know what? William Carlson. He yeah, should be no on doubt. this list. Yeah, He's no having doubt. a fantastic season. Yep. But I mean, I guess you could argue for all Vegas Golden Knights. Jonathan Marcheseau. Uh, you could, you know, argue for... Yeah, but I I, I've, I guess it's because it's, it's it's the forwards, you know. I feel like maybe Brock Brett. You know, you need to have one representative, like yeah, you said, and yeah. James Neal's that guy. Um, but Carlson should be... I agree. ...on that team. I agree. But then who would say you took out Ricard Raquel? Who would you put for Anaheim? Or, vice, or Connor McDavid? Who would you I, I put for Edmonton? It. I get it. Or Calgary? Who would you put for Calgary instead of Johnny Goudreau? You know... It's tough, it. but it. Uh, uh, it should be fun. Interesting to see Mark Andre Fleury on that. Love list. watching, you know, all the skills competitions. Um, I've gotten into the. I like how they, you know, changed it to the three on three. You know, the, they did like the three on three tournament. Yep. I like how they do that. Uh, it just, you know, it's fun. Um, so, with that said, we're going to move on to the next topic. We have the Super Sixteen. We're going to run through this one. Pedro, you want to start it off? Yeah. At number one, we got the Tampa Bay Lightning, 31-10-3, excuse me. At number one, as always, their hit forward Andre Palat has a three-game point scoring streak with four assists. He's contributing as he's contributing in many areas and hasn't scored in 21 games since uh, November 25th. Their miss, Andre Vasilevsky, Andre Vasilevsky, arguably the leading candidate for the Vezina Trophy, has allowed 15 goals in the past three games. Coming in at number two, we have the Vegas Golden Knights, 29-11-3. Uh, last week they were number two, so they stay there. Uh, the hit Golden Knights are twenty-three for twenty-three on the penalty kill in ten games since they allowed two power play goals in a four-three win against the Lightning. 
their miss, Vegas is 1 for 27 on the power play in those 10 games. Uh, and it was 4 for 5 against Tampa Bay. At number 3, the Nashville Predators, who last week were at 4, hit their goaltender. UC Soros has not allowed a goal in 4 of his last 6 games since December 14th, including 3 60-minute shutouts. Uh, their miss, center Nick Benino has no goals Benino, Benino, and Benino. one assist in 14 games since I think December that's what you say, 13. Benino, Benino, Benino. Benino, Benino, uh, Benino. Number four, Washington Capitals, 28, 14, and three. Last week they were number three, so they fell down one spot. Uh, Ovechkin leads the NHL with 28 goals, is, uh, is two assists away from 500 in his NHL career. He will become the second player in Capitals history to get 500 assists. Uh, and we'll join Yager, Hossa, and Marlowe as the active players with at least 500 goals and 500 assists. Uh, they're missed. Uh, Washington's power play is 14th in the NHL at 19.6%, uh, instead of in the top five where it finished in the past five seasons. At number five, my team, the Winnipeg Jets. Their, their hit forward, Blake Wheeler, leads the Central Division players with 18 points, five goals, 13 assists, and 13 games um, against those teams. They're miss. Forward Adam Lowry, one of Winnipeg's top penalty killers, has missed four games and is injured and is on injured reserve with an quote upper body injury. There you go. Uh, coming in at number six, we have those damn Boston Bruins who are hot, hot, hot. Uh, the Boston Bruins are plus thirty nine in goal differential, uh, including plus seventeen in the third period. In twenty six games since November sixteenth, tw- uh, uh, they were minus eight in their first seventeen games. Uh, their miss Boston plays three of its next four games and eleven of its next seventeen on the road, Thanks. where it is nine uh, where it is nine one and two since a two one uh, victory at Los Angeles. At number seven, we got the St. Louis Blues. They're singing high in St. Louis. Their hit forward Alexander Steen has three goals in the past five games after scoring four in his first thirty six. Their miss the Blues are two for. Th- Two for thirty-two on the power play in thirteen games since December seventeenth. They're five seventy-one in those games. Coming, they com- miss Kevin Schenker. Yeah, coming in at number eight, the New Jersey Devils. Last week they were number eleven, so they went up. They have won eleven road games. They have they won twelve all last season. Uh, so rookie Nico Heischer doesn't have a power play goal despite averaging two point uh, two minutes and twelve seconds of ice time per game with the man advantage. At number nine, we go to sunny California with the San Jose Sharks. Ooh, I like that. Their hits, the San Jose the San Jose Sharks have scored a power play goal in 14 of the last 17 games since December 7th, going 20 for 64. That's 31.3% in that spam. They are fifth in the NHL on the power play at 23%. Their miss, as we talked about, defenseman Paul Martin, veteran of 859 NHL games, was assigned to San Jose's American League hockey team on Tuesday. Martin has played in three NHL games this season because of various injuries coming in at number 10 the calgary flames uh last week they were number 16 so they are moving on up like the jeffersons uh the flames are five for 20 on the power play 22 for 24 on the penalty kill and have outscored the opposition 27 to 14 during their seven game win streak the longest active streak in the nhl they won their past four games on the road their miss they don't have a miss right now (laughs) At number 11, go to the Lone Star State with the Dallas Stars. Their hits, the Stars are 7-3-1 on the road since November 28th. They are 3-8-1 in the last 12 on road games. Uh, their missed defenseman Mark Mathot has missed four games with a knee injury. Uh, his return, uh, He returned to play on January 4th after missing 26 games from November 10th to the, to the new year on the 2nd following knee surgery. He has played 
16 games this whole season. Coming in at number 12, the Los Angeles Kings. Last week, they were number 6, so their price is dropping like Bitcoin. Uh, their hit, Jeff Carter, has resumed skating on his own. We will get into Carter later with Zach. Uh, Carter has been out since October 18th, where he had a lacerated and ankle tendon in a 5-1 win against the Canadians. Uh, the miss, the Kings have lost four straight games and have allowed four goals in each game. At number 13, we got the Columbus Blue Jackets. Their cannon is not firing well as they dropped couple of spots. Their hit, defenseman Seth Jones, has a four-game point streak. One goal, five assists, and 18 points. Five goals, 13 assists in the last 20 games. Their miss, forward Josh Anderson, who is fourth on the Blues. Uh, the Blue Jackets, with 24 points, 14 goals, and 10 assists in 44 games, has no points in his past seven. And three and 12, one goal, two assists since December the 20th coming in at number 14 we have our boy um dark guys team the toronto maple leafs last week they were number 10 the maple leafs are 19 for 20 on the penalty kill in their past seven games uh they're missed they have lost three in a row and are two three and three since december uh 29th they haven't won in regulation since december 28th and haven't scored in overtime since november 16th at number 15 we got the two-time defending stanley cup champion pittsburgh penguins who last week were not rated they're hit uh, Penguins captain Sidney Crosby needs one goal to reach his 400th for his NHL career, entering the game against the Kings on Thursday. Mario Lemieux, who scored 690 goals, and Yarmir Yager, 439, are the only players who have scored 400 goals for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Their missed goaltender Matt Murray is not with the Penguins after his father, James Murray, who settled kind of morbid as a miss. Like, like, at least make it like something. Make, yeah, right? At least make, make it, it something about, about something the else. team, not about his dad dying. Uh, coming in at number 16. I love the way that this team is playing. The Colorado, uh, the, Colorado. <laughs> the, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, last week they were not ranked. Uh, they're hit during a seven-game win streak. Forward Nathan McKinnon has 14 points, five goals, nine assists. Um, their goalies Bernier and Simeon Varlamov have combined for a .957 save percentage. Uh, and the Avalanche are 8 for 24 on the power play. They're missed. Varlamov has missed four games with a lower body injury. And we got some dropouts. The Rangers, oh, boo. who were number 12 last year, uh, last year, last week. And the Chicago Blackhawks, who Others were receiving 15. votes. The Rangers just missed. The Minnesota Wild, Anaheim Ducks, New York Islanders, and Chicago Blackhawks. Um, let's, you know, not even going to call it a, another topic. Capitals jerseys. For the Stadium Classic, what do you think about them? Yeah, they're fine. You like them? Yeah, they're fine. I hate them. Okay. I think they look cheap. I Done. don't like them at all. I think they're okay. I think they look pretty nice. Uh, I, I don't know. I just... Something about them is off to me. Uh, so now it is time for the big topic, the last topic. Now we have uh, one of my good friends, uh, Zach Brennan. Uh, he is the founder uh, of Point Fitness. Um, which is a fitness-based company on Long Island. Um, you know, we ended up having a conversation, and we figured, why not? You know, we have the podcast. They have, you know, this brand-new fitness company. Why not work together? Uh, so we came up with this idea where Zach will come on once in a while, discuss injuries, because this is what he's, uh, you know, this is what he's, you know, an expertise at. So... This is this this topic is going to be brought to you by Point Fitness. Um, it is a Long Island-based fitness and performance company. Their fully equipped facility combines an athletic-styled environment with a complete approach developed by their team of health professionals. Your first session with them is complimentary. Simply visit www.pointfitnessli.com, click the initial session page, and sign up to be a member of their site, and you'll be directed to their step-by-step -step scheduling portal. 
Point Fitness is even running a refer a friend promo um, for their clients, uh, for their current clients, for every friend, family member, or any other human being you get to sign up uh, for their first session with them. You will be rewarded with a free session for referring their services. Uh, there's no cap to free sessions, people. So you can refer hundred people, a thousand people, a million people. And guess what? You get a hundred free sessions, a thousand free sessions, a million free sessions. Uh, you can follow them on Instagram and Twitter at point fitness LI, and even like their Facebook page at point fitness LLC. Find your point point fitness. So Zach, now that we have you here, Zach, welcome to the show. Uh, we are super glad to have you here. Kind of afraid of what you're going to say about some, you know, New York Ranger injuries. But we're going to dive right into it. So, Zach, say hello to the people. Hello, people. And thanks for having me, guys, here at Drop the Puck. Yeah, I knew I was going to probably mess that up at first. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> thanks for having me on. This is an awesome opportunity. I've actually never done anything like this. So. It's exciting, right? Yeah, I've listened to Joe Rogan podcast, so I was pumped. I'm just listening about hearing myself now. It's for a little freaky, but we good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to – all right, we're just – you know, we're, I'm kind of nervous for what you're going to say about some – Rangers, but uh, we do have a list, um, mostly Rangers. We do have some others. Uh, so if anyone you know wants to hear about any injuries later on, uh, later on down the road, please just tweet at us, tweet at them. Uh, you know, we'll be happy to look into it, or should I say, Zach will be happy to look into it. Let's start off with Mark Stahl of the New York Rangers. Um, so he currently uh, he exited with uh, he exited. What game was that, uh, Pedro? Was that? It was against the Flyers. It was against the Flyers, so it was our last game, or their last game, should I say. Uh, he's out with a hip flexor injury, Zach. So what can we expect for, uh, you know, Mark Stahl? When do we expect him to return? What happened exactly with the hip flexor? Uh, can you dive into that a little bit? Awesome. So definitely first things first, this was a perfect thing to go over. ESPN does a job about going over body injuries, so does everyone else. So I'm calling them out. Usually, what you'll see is just, you know, lower body injury. Mm -hmm. At first, it took me forever to try to find injuries with people. So, the first thing to break it down, there's a difference between sprain and strain. I've actually seen this wrong on so many spots. Strain is exactly what Mark Stahl has here. He is strained or he's created damage in a muscle tendon, T. Sprain means a ligament, like your ACLs, your football, you know, Mm -hmm. all those. That's bone to bone. This is muscle to bone. Obviously, muscle skeletal system. This is how we move the skeleton. So, Mr. Mark Stahl, a hip flexor. So, obviously, in hockey, you're constantly bending at the knee and hip, and that's what it does. It helps to keep that in place and make sure your hip stays there. So, what probably happened is a little overextension. He probably went to go push off too hard, lost balance somewhere, a little bit there. So, that's why people go, oh, yeah, he hurt his hip. So, this is in the front of the hip, like right below your belly button, all the way to right below your pocket here. So since they're constantly moving and bending at that hip, this is why sports like this, like basketball and hockey, you always see this issue. And it takes a while. So it's going to be, you give the four to six weeks, depending on the grade. Everywhere you looked, you said lower body injury. Mm-hmm. So think four to six weeks, and then give another two to three weeks for him to be fully 95% back into sport playing mode. Uh, that means more Steve Camfer is on the way, Pedro. Uh, I'm not too happy about that. Pedro, what do you have to uh, say about Mark Stahl's injury? Well, I'm not a doctor, so <laughs> I just listen to what the coach says. And uh, Coach Olivigno said he doesn't think it's serious, but he couldn't tell you the length of the injury. So four to six weeks, you know. Who uh, knows? I, who knows? But, uh, you know, he actually played pretty well that game. Uh, he was probably one of the Rangers' best defensemen no, that game. I completely agree with you. And uh, after the second period, he, he left and didn't come back. And 
they called it a hip flexor surgery uh hip flexor injury don't say so, surgery don't say that don't, right. oh, <laughs> you never know don't say that as you right. never know so maybe he needs a new hip um uh, so next uh, he needs a few uh, never mind um kevin hayes another new york ranger Oh, this uh, is a good one. So he went out with um, uh, Pedro. I'm blanking here. What, what it is, is a leg or quad contusion. Correct. There you go. So what can you tell us about that? I all I know is it's probably like a blood clot. I don't know. I'm not you. Actually, the exact opposite here. Oh. And I also look into Chris. Kreiner. Way to go. <laughs> That's a couple of pages of notes we got. But Kevin Hayes, what he has is a leg contusion, which aka in big science word means he has a bruise. Okay. Okay. No, no shit. So what it means. Okay. okay. Blood's filling. Like we said before, Mark Stahl, constantly bent to the hip, meaning that that muscle's constantly, we'll do quote-unquote, working. So what this is actually worried about is, you ever seen the photo of J.J. Watt? Which you ever one? seen the one with the huge quad? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's ugly. That's like the length of his muscle, and you can like literally see it goes down the path of it. That's what's called the myositis ossificans. Woo! Yeah, okay? So what that means is, is that there's constant inflammation in the muscle, because they're constantly using it, duh. You're walking your legs... That's why it hurts after leg day working out so much because mm-hmm. you're using them. So he has constant inflammation. And what that actually does is your body will then, after a certain amount of time, be like, if this muscle keeps getting ripped up, we're just going to make it bone. And it will actually start to form bone into the muscle. That's why J.J. Watt was out for a while. J.J. Watt's always out, though. Yeah. Well, then it goes to a back injury, <laughs> hip to flexor. Leg. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Hip flexor connects to the back, the bottom of the spine for everyone who doesn't know that. There you go. So this is can be a while if that goes into where the bone starts to develop into the muscle you must now wait for that to fully heal into bone and then go and get surgery does he have this i do not know i do not think so but what they're doing is trying to delay or minimize the inflammation so his body can then repair that muscle so it doesn't turn into bone interesting yeah uh, all right, yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a fun one. He, so he played in the following game after being. Yeah, I, then he's. But now he's. That's what I'm seeing with hockey players. Like I keep trying to find injury reports. I went through over 15 pages of stuff trying to find reports. And at first, I was like, "Wow, the NHL does a great job of hiding." Like the NFL, like they got tents on the sideline. They're ridiculous. Yeah. And then I thought about it. These hockey players are tough as hell. Yeah. Like they're probably you know a little athletic trainer being like. So where does it hurt? Where does it hurt? It hurts the lower body or something, you know. Yeah, oh, dude, it just even like people lose teeth and they're they're out there in five minutes with the cage. So I I do think hockey players are a different breed of person. Oh, hundred uh, percent. But wouldn't that aggravate the injury more? What if they just keep playing on it? Oh, hundred percent. That's literally the one thing is try to let that heal. Right. So then you can form the clot. To allow the blood to get there, do what it needs to, and then actually be able to use that muscle later. They just don't want to... So do you think they're hurting themselves even more? Because they play on these injuries. Now here's risk-reward. Now this is where people are like, I'm an injury or functional movement, or you know, I help prevent... This is where... Does it count? Sure. If you could probably fight through it a little bit, there's a pure athlete for that reason. You play a fine line here. Didn't Joe Thornton? Pl- All right, so Joe Thornton was in the Stanley Cup final. Right, we see that during the playoffs. Yeah, players play. Players injured. play through. In- he played through a torn uh, MCL. Oh, I couldn't tell. ACL, you. MCL. He played through a torn ACL or MCL. At that point, there's no pain. You have now ripped off, and there's no connection to the other end point. So when someone tears ACL, it probably hurts that. But afterwards, if I just screwed it, because that's what it prevents is turn a twisting motion. You will, you literally just won't feel it stop, and they just won't feel pain. There's nothing for a pain sense to go to, in lack of a better term. Ray Lewis played Super Bowl, yeah, torn tricep. Yep. That's, oh, God Oh, damn. God. Um, 
All right, Corey Crawford. Um, the Blackhawks fear that Crawford might be out uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, they're saying that he is uh, suffering from symptoms. So I'm going to go out here and make an idea, thought, give you what I know and what I read in a textbook here. So I'm no doctor. I have a bachelor's in exercise physiology, master's in exercise nutrition science, both from University of Tampa. And I've worked with, you know, certain, we'll call it, Sport professionals have worked underneath the New York Yankees strength coach for one of his businesses where he combined the whole sport medicine team. So once again, nothing I'm saying is real. And of course, I could be wrong and people could be totally different. But what seems like Corey Crawford has here, does he have a history of concussions? Uh, does he does. He, he does. Okay, I believe, so I believe what he had then, a concussion. So what then develops most likely in the first symptom of this is vertigo is post-concussion syndrome. So afterwards, obviously, if you hit you know your car... There's going to be problems later on down the road, like little nuts and bolts, how do things right. work together, the axle's a little bent. That's what's happening now. He hit it, we stopped flow, and now all these hormones and transmitters are trying to get back to it. The first symptom is vertigo, and it's going to take weeks and possibly months for him to get back to it. So that's why they're worried about right now, because after that, there's a next step. There's another syndrome that can develop from there, and that's the next big worry. So what I have from here... Uh, just making sure that he kind of it's going to take at least a couple of months because it's going to actually have to get all of these what we call neurotransmitters, uh-huh. which send the signal to do things. They're delayed or some kind of function is off. Either something's going too high or too low, and his body doesn't know how to get back to homeostasis for your eighth grade biology word. <laughs> so, yeah, go. that's about. I'm making a claim there. I think that's what that is. The NHL is doing a pretty good job hiding things, as we'll see with Chris Kreit. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, oh, man. Well, my mom suffered from uh, vertigo uh, from. It's the bone in her ear that actually, I guess, you know, transmitted something in her brain that just didn't function. And then she was driving one day and everything, she just blurred out like nothing. She couldn't see at all. And then, uh, that's insane. Yeah. And then we, you know, we actually called the ambulance and everything like that. She thought she was having a heart attack, but she wasn't. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, a lot of, no, I, I can laugh about it now. Yeah. 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 yeah so. Yeah. You know, a lot of those issues happen, yeah. especially like from the ear, and like there's certain positions and like yoga moves that yep. actually help to reset the fluid and stuff in there. It's crazy. Yep. That is. All right, I guess it's time to go on to Chris Kreider. Woo-hoo! Uh, so, I even got a research article out for this so, one. So he, all right, so they uh, originally, he left the game. He left, I remember this clear as day. He left whichever game it was mid game. You know, he just skated off. Right. Uh, and people had thought, you know, maybe he had been traded, whatnot injury he seemed to have skated off fine then they came out and said that he will be out indefinitely with a blood clot right so just to make a note prior to the game uh he did have a bruise on his arm and the rangers medical staff their doctors said that it's probably nothing uh it's probably nothing major will probably go down after the first period they took a look at his arm and it just swelled up it just completely swelled up and he left so he so he was diagnosed with a blood clot uh, according to the Rangers, the symptoms Kreider described upon leaving um, were those consistent with the blood clot. So then it came out, what, maybe a week later that he was having surgery. Uh, he was having a rib dissection. Our or first rib resection. Resection. There you go. So now he had that, and now he's out again indefinitely. So what you got? Woohoo! So once again, I'm going to say... I am no doctor, no athletic trainer. I am simply just some douchebag who works at a gym and owns a gym. Okay. So, but anyway, so here's what I got from uh, a research call we're looking at here uh, from a few people. Who, where is it say this is from? 
I'm not even trying to pronounce it. Derek Sema Glore and Suscania. Yeah, okay. Not gonna even try. If you all look it up, I'll send you the link. We'll put it on Point Fitness. So, rib resection. Meaning they're going to take, they're going to remove a section. Re means remove, yep. section part of. Why? Because there was compression on certain veins. And now that's what forms a blood clot. There was constant damage in two muscles kind of near your collarbone. So what that kind of helps to do is allow you for breathe, especially shooting. See, I made a joke last week that he had the Marilyn Manson uh, surgery so he can, you know, suck his own dick. Whoa. <laughs> well, <I just laughs> when you started her. saying that, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, that's her. what. I, yeah, that, that's the joke I made last week. Um, uh, yeah, I guess you could, this could be a part of that. But anyway, so we're looking at here is what we think or why he would have to have a rib resection was there compression on that vein. From there, uh, what we think has to happen or what has had to happen or he has is thoracic outlet syndrome. Only 8% of the world ever feels symptoms from it. This is crazy. So like the NHL is about to piss. They're about to say all this. and they're about, So I found this article that says, that 8% of the world suffers from this thoracic outlet syndrome, where there's compression, usually to one side, and usually there's a bunch of damage there, and on that same side, there will be a blood clot, which would be very dangerous, because if it gets sent around, mm-hmm. it's going to lung, heart, bone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, moving even forward, so that's 8%. The next 5% of the people will have to go under an operation for that disease. Which is what Kreider ended up It was, yeah, that's what he has. So that's why there's no way that this isn't not serious. Because if 8% of the people in the world only have this, and then only 5% of those people get the surgery, he definitely has to have this. They're doing a great job of hiding this. So, yeah, they have to address this because, obviously, as you're shooting, you're constantly moving around your rib cage, and that's kind of what the muscles do. They hold up your neck and your shoulder joint, we'll call your girdle, allow you to rotate on around. This was so crazy. I spent probably an hour or two last night looking into this. And, and Matt Harvey had the same thing. Very much so. A lot of like people who have to go into what we call internal rotation, meaning that like if you were holding a pen and you turned it inward, the, ro- the words rotate inward. So that's why as you shoot, you need a certain amount of that to squeeze in order for you to be able to load up to shoot again. So big squeeze equals big stretch. I always tell this all my clients. So he was constantly squeezing, and that was constantly getting damage, causing clot. He has the syndrome most likely, and that syndrome is so bad that 5% of the people in the world have to get this surgery. Yeah, that was a lot. So that's what that boils down to. So they're saying he'll likely miss six to eight more weeks. Is that, you know, the fair judgment on that? Six to eight more weeks, you yeah. think? Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Now after the surgery. So, yeah, he has this other part that he, he may have looking at into this now is what's called Paget's Schroeder syndrome, where you constantly put excessive strain on that vein. So he may have all, may have these two syndromes, and only be 5% of the world who had to get surgery to fix it. I can't imagine that ends up anything good. Am I saying that he's probably not a freak athlete and probably recover for it? Sure he can. But this is crazy. Like I literally was just looking through. I was like, yeah, he probably had a little clot. It was done good. You know, Pascal Dupuis, if you remember, uh, his career ended on blood clots as well. Really? Yeah. I don't you know, I don't remember that. Yeah, his, uh, I believe he had blood clots in his leg. Um, ended his career. But... Uh, Hopefully, you know, I hope Kreider gets back. You know, Kreider's a freak of yeah, nature. I mean, he's, he's like, huge. he's, how tall is he? He's like 6'2", six, six, two, two. 220 pounds, something yeah. like that. So, He's a beast. He's 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 a he's a monster. You know, he's still young. Uh, so hopefully, you know, I don't know. I, I just want them to play it safe with him, honestly, at this point. You got it out of this. After thr- thoracic outlet syndrome, Paget Schroeder syndrome, and your 5% of the world who had to get surgery to fix this, you, yeah, you better take this lightly. <sighs> now... I don't want to say it, but I'm going to have to bring it up. 
Could it be career ending? Can you see it ending his career? What scans to where we go back to risk reward? A lot of that kind of goes to your sports psychology. Like, do you feel like this is worth it enough in order to risk your body and further health? Blood clots ain't nothing to mess around with. And now as you start messing with things closer to like your head and your heart, this is a real general statement. Yeah. The more severe of effect it could have long term, obviously. So I I would I would heed caution with this. Oh, actually, yeah. Thomas Vokun too. Right. Blood clots ultimately retired. A lot of force is exerted in the upper body, especially holding up those pads and then having to constantly knock into each other and hold your breath to be able to balance on those blades. Pressure gets up and forth, damage, clot. And Steven Stamkos, too. Yep. He had one uh, near his right collarbone, and he returned uh, on April 4th. Uh, he had surgery, and he returned on May 27th. Now, is there is there a difference in severity, I guess, depending where the, co- where the blood clot is? Like, Kratos was on his arm. For Stamkos, for example, was on his collarbone. Is there like a different severity to that, or is it all? I'm sure there is. That seems more like a, a full medical question. I'm not gonna even try to tackle that. I've worked with people who had blood clots in their legs and things. The big worry is that if it does get released, if it's going somewhere, it ain't pretty. Right. Yeah. So like that's what you're worried about. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. Right? Uh. Let's move on to a Rick Nash who previously had a groin injury. Um. Just you want to you know touch base on you know groin injuries. Uh, I'm just looking at some articles. He suffered another groin injury, so he's had groin injuries in the past. This is why I loved Rince up, even though he was back. So I worked a lot with dancers as well, and this is the big thing with hamstring injuries: is that your muscle is so fast twitch, meaning that it allows a, a, a large amount of force to use. So if that is injured, then we are constantly using it, and it's one of the most powerful muscles to in order to contract and release then a lot of injuries can be nagging long-term, especially because it does so much, especially in sprinting or skating. Yeah. Because that push-off is kind of how it rebounds. It gets long and then pushes off to help you get over there. So a lot of dancers and then people who are bouncing, moving the legs a lot, sprinters, deal with this. A lot of big misconception is just like, put a little heat pack on the back of your legs, stretch your hamstrings. Hamstrings are generally, generally not tight when people say they are. So they are usually just on slack. And then as you start to use them... They get pulled even more like a rubber band that's been used too much. So Rick Nash and all these people who have these like hip flexor injuries, it's all because we're bent at the hip and someone's not splicing weight properly in their skate to push off. So I love this one because there's so many ways to kind of go about treating that. There's a bunch of cool people and uh, professionals that kind of help to, we'll say, rehab these kind of injuries. So I like to look into these because they're so similar to like your hip injuries that they take a little bit to get back to and then you need more actual play time to make sure your body's ready to use it fully again. Right. And we see that a lot with goaltenders because there's always, you know, there's stretching to the max. Are freaks. That's it. Because that's so, you know how like they splay their feet out and their knees right. knock yeah. in? That's what we call hip internal rotation. That's actually what happens as you run. That motion will happen as you bend your hip and knee upward. And then that force, big squeeze equals big stretch. So you could squeeze your ass and push off with your calf and everything. So they need that internal rotation. The groin is actually a hamstring muscle and it helps internally rotate. If it is too tight, too long, whatever, you're more likely to injure it. Hamstring, yeah. Do not heat your hamstring injuries, people. If you're a runner, do not put heat on them. Your body needs to know if they are in pain. If it does not, it will go too far. You'll get more hurt, and that's why we see all these people with hamstring injuries constantly. Wow. Um, Okay. Um, Right? That's a good one, right? You didn't really care about that one. Uh, uh, Jeff Carter, he has been out uh, since October 18th. Uh, he remains out. He's been skating, but he still remains out indefinitely for the Kings. Uh, he sustained a lacerated ankle tendon. Uh, so 
what can you tell us about you know the ankle tendons, uh, lacerations? Obviously, he's been out for quite some time uh, since October. So, what can you tell us about that? Okay, so we have a few specific like tendon type or tendons in the ankle. So the first one is to the front. Everyone's like, oh, I have shin splints. No, that's about like three percent of the world. Once again, and that's a true stat that you actually have shin splints. You're just out of shape and you're used to walking through your heels and then you go run on pavement because you saw an awesome Instagram quote that you're going to go get back in shape. <laughs> then, yeah, you smacking up against the pavement is going to hurt. So that is what is known as your tibialis anterior. Woo! Some big science words there. And then behind it, same thing, tibialis, meaning your tibia, meaning your shin bone, mm-hmm. posterior is kind of what helps your calf to be able to help you push off. And then the famous good old Achilles or the Achilles tendon. So I don't know which one it is. One of those, though? I am going to guess it's either the tibialis anterior, the front of it, because that's what's going to help you be able to bend your ankle towards your shin to be able to push off, or the Achilles, which helps your calf and gastro to do that. Mm -hmm. So the cool thing, the Achilles tendon, when someone actually ruptures or completely does that, they actually, you'll have... Like a Richard Sherman. You will actually have people complain about someone kicking them or being hit by something, because you will hear... He was cut by a skate. Oh, he was struck by a skate and he was cut. Yeah, that's how it uh, it all occurred. So then it's definitely that. So then what happens is you need immediate surgery. So you start to have this risk within a couple hours, but maximum up to two weeks. If you do not fix an Achilles rupture, your body will begin to eat your calf muscle. If you ever seen like a bodybuilder or some, you know, the jack guy with the fanny pack and like the Jesus necklace (laughs) at the gym and he's like missing the back of his calf probably because he tore it and then never did anything about it. Oh How God. gross is that? That's disgusting. I, I, it's terrible to say, but I'm waiting for the next Achilles rupture on TV because I'm going to be like, there it is! I know it! Oh, God. All right. Um, now, so he should be back soon, uh, Jeff skated Carter. Today. Uh, skated today, so that's good news. That's good. Um, Chris Pronger, he had to retire. I don't, is he still getting paid, Pedro? Yes. He is, right? Yes. Who, who's who, What team is he on now? Philadelphia Flyers. He, oh, he's back with the Flyers? I thought they traded his rights to like Arizona. Oh, they did. I don't freaking know. I I, I, I don't keep up with them anymore. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Chris Pronger was a defenseman. Uh, signed a massive contract. I think he's still under contract somewhere. I could be completely wrong. I don't know if the contract actually expired or whatnot, but he could still be being uh, paid by some team. His career ended because of concussions. Now, Zach, we have discussed on this podcast before how serious concussions can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why, obviously, they're, they're, they're wearing helmets and whatnot. Uh, how many... So, my question to you is, obviously, sustaining one concussion isn't good. But you, you, you think about boxers who are concussion after concussion after concussion. What is the, you know, the physical limit for your brain? And for your body, like, concussion-wise, like, is it like, all right, this is your third concussion, you should really, like, live in a bubble now, because you can't afford another concussion? So let me start with this way. This is probably the best way to explain it. I am not the most diverse in concussions. I have friends who are physical therapy, going to, like, their, go get their doctorate, or people who are athletic trainers I'm very good friends with, and we're kind of slowly getting more and more. It's so unknown. Mm-hmm. So there are 16 ways to classify a scheme of a concussion. Not one of them is universally used. Wow. So that's a problem. If you keep using different tools, you're obviously not going to get the same product. Results, yeah. Yeah, assessment. So that's the first problem. There's three types of grades to them, to the severity, obviously. The severity increases. So kind of like when we look at, I'm not political at all, and I hate all this, we're not even getting close to it. But we look at like a president, their rating, 
kind of changes across time. Even after they're dying, they'll see. Right. So that's what's kind of the big thing in like strength conditioning and injury. No one's looking at the long term. I can't tell you how many concussions you can sustain until probably you die. I was going to look at, well, someone, he could probably sustain more, but you wouldn't know that until you looked at the long term. Kind of like when people yeah. lose weight, they're like, oh, I lost only, I gained a pound yesterday. Okay, only three, no, three pounds is a significant difference. We look at a long term that you lost 10 pounds over a month. Uh-huh. We need to look at the long term, like how often are you getting them, how close are they together, how long does it take you to recover between each one. That's where I think the NHL and NFL is trying to go. They're doing a great job of it now. NHL has some good helmets. I was looking into them. So what they kind of look into is you know, high impact in a really small surface area, kind of like a pucker hitting into that. So they do a good job with that. Um, being able to um, kind of diagnose these things are so hard to look into. And like, I'm not even taught a lot in school. Like I had to take athletic training courses, similar to like nurses and physical therapists. And it's kind of just like, mm-hmm, here's a few things to look out for. Once they kind of go, they go away. Once they make that better, it'd be, it's going to be a good thing. That's they kind of need that how to look at it long term and kind of have better data and like trends for each person. Huh. I don't know how to answer the best question. How many you can sustain? None is the best answer. Yeah, yeah. But that's you. We are going to look at it long term now, and that's what you're kind of seeing in the, all this research. Because another one that comes to mind is like Mike Richter. He sustains I took a puck to the head. <laughs> yeah, concussion after concussion after concussion. He finally ended up, you know, retiring. Right, and Pronger had a. a- a uh, problem with his right eye since being hit in the face uh, by uh, Grabowski of Toronto in 2011. Yeah. And uh, he was complaining of, of the light, loud noises, and his peripheral vision was just gone. And, uh, yeah, and uh, he never played again after that. So Risk reward. Yep. Yeah. So what about something like CTE? so now that's a I'm not going to pretend like I know much into it I'm slowly getting into it more but now here's where they should have been before they should have been like we're looking at players long term let's look at people who retire how long are they doing how many concussions they have like there has to be some kind of categorization we have 16 ways to say how a concussion happens like someone figure it out pick one now real quick I know the NBA I think they're one of the best player associations in the world right now. The NBA actually just passed something for all former and current players. They have health care. Amazing. Do you think, obviously, the NFL should be doing the same thing. The NHL should be doing the same thing. I mean, these are professional. These are these are human beings putting their lives, you know, at risk day after day after day for, you know, a love of a sport. Mm-hmm. So do you think that that should end up be, being implemented in every professional sport? out there is that every past player every current player and you know every obviously future when they come do you think that they should be under health care with like health insurance uh with you know that right that rightful to have that right yeah i think it's an amazing idea that's awesome they can do that yeah. and i think what they should use that for is for kind of the youth to kind of go down on there like these football players play for this long they played in these areas they played this you know position how do we use that for these little kids going to PAL, going into elementary school, middle school, high school? How do we try to predict? That's what strength conditioning, kind of a lot of injury rehab prevention uh, mm-hmm. is going is here are the red flags. Now we know how to move around and prevent us from going in that same path that someone else may right. have or people, similar people have. And that's what I think would be a great idea. And I think that's what's going to help the future of understanding how do we prevent and try to predict these injuries and conditions and crazy things. Awesome. How, uh, how unpredictable is a concussion? 
I mean, honestly, like people say not to sleep if you hundred percent. That's I don't I don't know the exact reason behind it. I think due to the fact that you are swelling and that if something happens while you're asleep, it doesn't end well. Right. But do not sleep is what I've been told by most athletic trainers. I'm trying to find a better answer for that, and it's extremely difficult. Right. I mean, how do you not sleep? Like, I remember I I suffered a concussion. Uh, it was actually down here in this basement. Uh, I was wrestling like a doll, like, you know, back in the day, like I was probably doing like, some... I think that's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was, I was, you know, just, you know, doing wrestling moves, you know, acting like I was a WWE wrestler and I actually hit my head on this beam that goes across. I hit my head on the beam, fell, hit my head on the floor, which is, you know, concrete under the wood, uh, under the carpet. And I woke up in my bed and I had no idea what happened. I woke up and I guess, I don't know, I woke up in my bed and my mom's like, how are you feeling? Like, are you okay? And I was like, uh, yeah. She goes, what happened? And I had no idea. So I instantly blamed it on my brother. I said, my brother like hit me nice. and I fell and hit my head. And so I ended up having a concussion when I was, I guess that was when I was 10 or 11. Um, but that's the only concussion I think that I had, but it, dude, it was scary. Cause I, I remembered nothing. Yeah, that's what most people do complain of. Like I've given, I've had my friend get a concussion, and I've given the actual protocol, and he passed it. And the next day, he went to the doctor. And the doctor was like, "No, like you, you definitely had it." Even though I don't know how you passed that test. I did the finger in front of the eye, and then you flash a light in from a certain angle, and if your people don't dial it, hence the peripheral vision being gone. Yeah. And the other player you were mentioned before, the same thing. Jeez. Hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of work to do on that, and I wish yeah. I had more, and I want to work on more. I don't know, help obviously help you guys understand these injuries a little bit better here. As yeah, you absolutely, about. dude. Concussions uh, are you hear them more and more each day, you know, and uh, and then people freak out and they're like concussions. I was like, well, what do you expect when you send two large grown men at each other at full right. speed? <laughs> yeah, I heard at uh, middle schools now they don't even play tackle football, right? They don't even allow tackling. Oh, really? Don't, don't get me into this. Yeah. Now that's why there, you see so many injuries in the NFL. I'm going to make that claim myself, and I have not seen anywhere. There's so many injuries in the NFL. They're all ligament-based because they are not hitting each other enough. Ligaments right. intended to take time in order to develop their strength and resiliency. So that's why we're not seeing, like, fractures. All right. seeing is ACL, 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 MCL, MCL, MCL. Like, you just keep seeing that. Right. That's because you need to impact. Yeah. And I played soccer. I was a, I played soccer throughout my life. And, uh, you know, you go off for headers and all that. You're always banging heads. And now they don't even let you jump for for balls anymore it's really it's getting ridiculous they they're very cautionary about it they want the ball to balance and this and that and it's just that's right yeah and just bone, takes away from the sport and bone but, uh, increases its mineral density right or we'll call it th- you know, how dense it is over impact that's why athletes and people who are blue collar workers usually have the most dense or the most mineral density in their bones so that's why when they're like we gotta hit less that's a great idea and great thought but there has to be a certain amount of hitting it's gonna be a fine line just enough of a stressor the minimal amount of stressor in order for your body to adapt to get better and that is everything that's anything with your body wow uh do you have any more questions pedro no i think i'm good uh zach that was awesome hopefully we'll do this probably well hopefully there's not many more injuries yeah, <laughs> but, i don't hope so but yeah, i right? love to come on and get <laughs> yeah, anything yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, please be sure to check them out. Uh, you can, if you want to plug yourself one more time, go for it. Yeah, I would love to. Point Fitness, we got us going here, a little garage door having facility. And yeah. I actually, I was a client. I stopped due to, you know, some Ooh. certain reasons. But I will be back. I will True. be back. Um, you best. But, yeah, I, I, dude, I was I was in our, our friend Vito's garage. And now they have since moved from a garage 
to you know a basement to now their own facility so they're they're moving rapidly they're they're growing and growing and growing uh i'd have the sessions with zach i remember still i was complaining about some soreness and he worked my oh my god i was screaming in pain because i was just so tight um so it does work if you are on long island please do check them out you have nothing to lose the first the first session's free come on so i mean just yeah. give it a try. That's it. Uh, if you don't like it, then whatever. But first session's free. How could you not? Um, so, Zach, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we will have you back on, you know, soon. We'll figure something out. Can't wait. Uh, but, yeah, thank you. No, thank, thank you. you Appreciate it. You guys are awesome. All right, Pedro. So that ends that segment. That ends the last segment. Uh, that was the first time we had Zach on. Um, the dude knows a lot. Uh, and you know, like I said before, I have trained with him before. He does know what he's doing. Um, with that said, uh, what'd you think? I'm kind of afraid for our Rangers. <laughs> I'm kind of a little afraid. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, really puts it into perspective, and uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But it was great having him on. It's great to have a, you know, someone who's actually studied this in in yeah, school absolutely. and has a bachelor's and a master's in it. So. It's definitely interesting, and he knows a couple of people as well in, in the sports industry, for, you know, for the Yankees, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So it, it was very interesting, and hopefully Kreider is back, like, tomorrow. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, we will be back next week. We'll just figure out what day we're going to record because uh, you start school, don't you? Monday. Nice, I love it. Nice. Uh, well, have fun with that. Thank you. Uh other than that, you can check us out on Twitter at Drop the Puck Pod. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Drop the Puck Podcast. Uh, our website, DropThePuckPodcast.com. Find us on iTunes. Find us on. I'm not even gonna say Google Play anymore because, like I said, it's a it's a mystery. Uh, unless someone has an Android and can let us know. Uh, Google Play, SoundCloud, all that fun jazz. Uh, you can find us on our personal Twitters at JStar02 at underscore Rodriguez underscore twenty. Uh, other than that, it's a pleasure. Uh, we will see you guys back next week. See you guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Drop the Puck Podcast with your hosts, Justin Starr and Pedro Rodriguez. On Facebook and Twitter at Drop the Puck Pod. We'll catch you next time, NHL fans, on the Drop the Puck Podcast.